Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovei Torah Rabbinical School. And we are two very different Jews talking about the same wonderful Torah together. Hello, Dov Linzer. Hey, Abby. You all ready for Shavuos? I'm ready for Shavuot. I'm ready to stand at Sinai. <laughs> First, let's just explain that this is a very special episode, right? This is not tied to a particular Parsha, per se. Correct, because on the holidays, we don't read the regular Parsha. We read a section of the Torah that corresponds to the holiday. Right. But we can say what the holiday is celebrating or marking, which is revelation. When our people receive Torah, I think it's interesting that this is a holiday that ultimately was born of interpretation, essentially. It is not in the text, right? So the rabbis decided. Correct. I mean, interestingly, in the Torah, that's never mentioned. The Torah has the holiday of Shavuot, but it's all a holiday of the harvesting of the wheat. And the rabbis sort of figured out that the timing was roughly the same time that the Torah was given, and they identified it as a holiday that commemorates the giving of the Torah. I think the thing that stands out for me that I would love to talk about with you is what I keep hearing or have heard every time I study this, is that there's this idea that we all stood at Sinai. And it's it's always been a bit of a hard concept because I honestly am a bit of a literalist and I know that I wasn't mm-hmm. there. I know that my parents weren't there either, that it's symbolic in the sense, as I understand it, it, what it conveys is that this is all your Torah. This is your law. This is your inheritance. Mm-hmm. And that in some mm-hmm. way, it's kind of in your Jewish DNA that you were there. Like that mm-hmm. in some sense, you kind of inherit the memory of standing there. Essentially, it's an involuntary, it's something that's conferred upon each of us. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to understand if that aspect for you is about a sense of obligation, commandedness, or a sense of a connection to the Torah. Because I think, you know, from from an Orthodox perspective, that sense that you all stood at Sinai, at least one dimension of it is that we were all commanded and all obligated. We don't have like a choice about whether we um, should keep the mitzvot or not keep the mitzvot. I mean, we could choose not to, but like it doesn't change the fact of our obligation. What does that mean exactly for you? I guess what it means to me is that some obligation was conferred upon us at that moment that we have mm-hmm. now inherited. I think what I what stands out to me about this mm-hmm. holiday, um, which is which is something I've wrestled with because it kind of defies logic, but is also very powerful mm-hmm. as a metaphor, is this idea that we all stood at Sinai. I have heard it from rabbi after rabbi, and even my my own rabbis at Central Synagogue have often invoked this idea that we all weren't literally there, but in a sense, mm-hmm. we make a choice ourselves as to whether to accept the commandments or the life of a Jew, that there is agency at Sinai, that there is some kind of decision. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question is, if if we were given this, were we given this as an obligation or were we given this as this is yours, yours to decide? You're, you are either going to sign this contract or you're not. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when we all stayed at Sinai, it's like we all stood at that moment of having to make the choice to be Jews, to accept this law, to accept this blueprint for our lives, this identity. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. And I think that that whole question about choice and not choice is right there in the narrative itself. Because, you know, normally we think about God's thundering voice and you shall and you shalt not and you shalt not. And it's all commandedness. And where's the choice? 
But actually, in the narrative, you know, both before and after, Moses is going up and down the mountain telling the children of Israel, like, here's what God is going to do. And they say, yes, we want to do it. And then after God says it, Moses reads the whole Ten Commandments and all of the laws that follow it. And the people respond and they say, everything the Lord has said, we will do. And he brings them into a covenant, like he does a whole ritual. So right in the middle of all of this commandedness is this whole framing that about you're also choosing to be part of this. So, I mean, I think it's an interesting question of what is the balance there? I mean, for you, does the choice mean that I can also choose like not to do it and there won't be consequences? Like, what does the choice mean? Are you supposed to make the right choice? You know, how, how do you understand that? Well, well, first of all, you you have said to me in the past that the text says that they accepted the challenge, that basically they signed on. And, and right. we talked about Exodus 24, and I'll just read it here so we remember um, Moses went and repeated to the people all the commands of the Lord and all the rules, and all the people answered with one voice, saying, all the things that the Lord has commanded, we will do. Exclamation point. Mm -hmm. Like, we're in. We're <laughs> Underscore. In. We're signing on to this contract. And then right. kind of five minutes later, or whatever, 40 days later, when Moses doesn't come down with the tablets, they've already reneged. They've already gone back right. on that promise and that exclamation point. They're building an idol like what happened to signing on to this contract? They've already broken it. So to mm -hmm. me, that does suggest that they have to make a choice. And essentially they made a choice and then turned back on that choice. They have to make it again. We each have to constantly make that choice again, whether we're going to light Shabbat candles. Are we going to put a, our menorahs in the window? Are we going to have one seders or two or none? Like, you know, are we wearing a, a kippah in the street? We're choosing mm -hmm, these mm -hmm. things all the time, every time. And is that not mm -hmm. essentially what this is telling us? I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. No, I think that that's, you know, a great point. I think that the rabbis also really sort of emphasize particularly how nowadays choice is so central to our identity because uh, there's a famous Midrash, which is at the time of Mount Sinai, he held the mountain over them and said, you know, as a barrel and says, accept it or I'll throw this on your head, which basically means they didn't have choice. And then they say that at the time of Purim, where, you know, they were in exile, God's name doesn't appear anywhere, they could easily have denied God's presence. It's sort of like the world we live in now. It's easy to say God doesn't exist, there's no such thing as Torah. And they, the rabbis say that was a second accepting of the Torah and one that was done fully from free choice, because they could have easily have made a different choice. So I think that really speaks to our condition today. Do you feel like you chose to sign on? Or do you feel like essentially the mountain was held over your head? Well, look, I think that the reality of the contemporary condition is that everybody is making a choice, whether they admit it or not. We live in a free society, and no matter how somebody is brought up, they can choose differently. And I think for most people, you know, even Orthodox Jews, a lot of them will say, well, the reason I choose to be Orthodox or the reason, you know, as opposed to say, what do you mean the reason I choose? Obviously, I, I have to. God commanded it. So I think at some level, everybody recognizes that we have other options. And even if we are believing at some level, we're choosing to believe. You know, at the same time, I think that I, I would not like to see my Jewish life as all I'm doing this because I'm making the choice. I really think that my relationship to a life of mitzvos is a life of feeling commanded and believing that I'm commanded. So I don't know if I can combine those two together, but it would really feel secular to me if it always just like, I'm affirming my Jewish identity and I'm choosing to do this rather than like, I might be choosing to believe, but at the end of the day, I believe that I'm commanded and I'm doing it because I'm commanded. Does that make sense? It does. But then what about the idea of standing at Sinai means that something is asked of each of us? 
And we have to kind of figure out what that is, that it isn't just a passive experience of like something is being handed to you and you are receiving it. Is that you have to then figure out what to do with it. And it doesn't just mean observing it. It means like what, who are you going to be? How are you going to contribute? Oh, I really like that point. I mean, it's saying that if you just focus on the commandedness, then where's your sense of agency and ownership and judgment about what, how it is you're supposed to act? I mean, I think you said to me that, you know, to some level, this also, we're faced with radically different circumstances today in today's society than we've been faced with in before. And are we sort of seeing a sense of God is presenting us, I don't know, with a Sinai, but with a reality and asking for us are like, are you choosing to respond, to ask what it means to be Jewish, to ask where your obligations lie? So Abby, I mean, does that resonate with you? I mean, do you see a sense of being called upon by today's circumstances and like, and what it means to choose, and how would you sort of be choosing again at Sinai, as it were? I think because I wasn't raised Orthodox, I wasn't raised as observant in the sense that you were. Even though we had our traditions and our rituals, I didn't feel obligated to them in the same way that I think you did. Um, It was part of the fabric of my life, but it didn't feel kind of integral to my daily kind of service to God or Mm -hmm. obligation to God. So I think I have adopted more of that in my adult life Hmm. entirely by choice, which is not necessarily at all something that I feel that I want to be patted on the back for. In a way, I I felt kind of late to the party, but I did choose it because it became meaningful and important to me. And the fact that I chose to become a bat mitzvah at 40 was entirely a choice, where if I had done it Mm -hmm. at 12, it would have been more of an obligation. And some would say Mm. that that I had a, a deeper experience than a 12-year-old. But I don't think that's necessarily the point of a bat mitzvah, but I think it's true that an adult experience of it mm. is very different than 12 or 13-year-old. So in that sense, my whole kind of Jewish journey has felt like more of a choice or you have mm. a chance to stand at Sinai. What are you going to do with that opportunity? How seriously are you going to take it? A thought that speaks to that, the verse says that we in the Shema, God says, you know, you should do these mitzvahs which I command you today. And Rashi quotes the Talmud, which says, what does it mean I command you today? That every day they should be in your eyes as if you were commanded today. Every day it should be in your eyes as if you stood at Sinai. And I think that's really what you're talking about, Abby, to have that experience every day in terms of your relationship to the mitzvot. I love that. We stand at Sinai daily. All right, Abby, so I'll see you at Sinai. See you at Sinai. Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach to you. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Abigail Pogrebin and Rabbi Dove Linzer. The show is produced by Shira Talushkin and executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. We'd be so grateful if you'd head over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps more people find us. You can also write or fetch to us at this email, Parsha in Progress at tabletmag.com. Thanks for listening.